Hello there. I'm Ashley Leamond, and welcome to the Spoondrift Podcast. Here on the show, I talk about a lot of different things. I just skim the surface of a giant ocean of information. I capture the Spoondrift. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about ghosting and how to talk to other people when you aren't really used to doing that, which a lot of people at this point might not be used to doing. So we'll talk about how to talk about things with other people. Might be helpful. Here we go. Today I want to talk about a social phenomenon that is rather common, unfortunately, called ghosting. Now it's especially relevant now, I think in part due to technology making it extremely easy to ghost. Um, And also, it might have an extra degree of relevance at this moment in history due to the pandemic, because ghosting, I mean, a lot of people have been put into a situation in which they either cannot communicate with other people that they used to, or it's just easier to lose focus or lose the motivation to give relationships the attention that they used to. So today we're going to we're going to talk about that. I've got I found a couple of articles, one of which was published on Bustle and the other was published on Psychology Today, all talking about what ghosting is, how it works, how to deal with it, and I mean potentially some of the causes of it. So we'll we'll talk about all of those things in this episode. Uh, first off, what is ghosting? Well, ghosting is, I mean, it gets its term from, like, someone who vanishes. Poof. They're gone. One second, you're either in a friendship, a romantic relationship, some sort of relationship where you both invest time into it and you enjoy each other's company, or at least you try to, and then all of a sudden the other person disappears. They no longer contact you. You you can no longer get a hold of them. You no longer see them anymore, and you're left kind of confused. You don't know what happened, what caused the other person to disappear. That's kind of the the definition of ghosting. Um, Now, what about some of the causes of ghosting? Well, I mean, there, there are legitimate reasons for ghosting. I mean, if we're looking at this through the lens of the pandemic, people, uh, once they went into quarantine or self-isolation or any of the situations that required someone to sort of separate themselves from society in general, really. They could have inadvertently been ghosting people because all of a sudden their world has been upended. They no longer have their usual routines and they're at home. They had other things to get into mind, to get in order to figure out. And that that could have led them to inadvertently ghosting a number of friends. And that, that kind of plays into the, the next reason, kind of having too much on your plate. In in the case of the pandemic, that could have been that. People just have too much to figure out, too much to to deal with at the moment where their friendships kind of went on the back burner and they ghosted other people. Now, sometimes it's just forgetfulness. <laughs> um, maybe you forgot that you had arranged some event with someone. You forgot to show up. Um, you forget to respond to a text or an email those sort of things. Those could be forms of ghosting, although usually ghosting is more long-term, as in you have arranged several events 
and the person never showed up. You've sent several texts, no one ever responded, that sort of thing. It's more long-term, which is a behavior that's usually categorized as ghosting. Also, sometimes technical problems. You may have sent them, sent other person uh, communications, and they never responded because they legitimately never received those messages. So, I mean, there there are actual reasons where ghosting it wasn't purposeful. It wasn't intended to leave you confused. It just happened. <laughs> and then there are the, um, I guess, the 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 reasons that are not so easy to stomach. Maybe the friendship was no longer working for someone else. The romantic relationship was no longer working for the other person. The person just stopped feeling like they wanted to invest the amount of energy that they had been into the relationship. The friendship just wasn't working for them anymore. Uh, and the the motivation behind ghosting instead of ending the relationship would be that, I mean, A, the person just didn't know how to express themselves adequately. And so instead of fumbling around a conversation or having to be honest with themselves and you, they found it easier to just disappear, cut off ties. They didn't know what to say, so they just didn't say anything at all. Uh, another thing, the, the ghoster would be in a situation where they feel like having an honest conversation would lead to conflict or discomfort, and they don't want to deal with that. So just vanish instead. And it's important to remember, if you have been ghosted, that it has more to do with the person ghosting you than it does you, the ghosted person. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a whole new vocabulary with this situation. Ghoster, ghosted, the ghosted person, the ghoster is the person doing the ghosting. Anyway, it has more to do with the person ghosting you than it does you. The results of ghosting is often that, as we, as we mentioned, the reason it happens is because that's kind of the easiest way for the person who's not responding. They don't have to have the, the, the difficult conversation explaining why they no longer want to be friends or why they no longer want to see the other person. It's just easier that way. And the, the consequence of that from the perspective of the person being ghosted would be that it often leads to feelings of confusion, rejection, inadequacy. You feel like you weren't doing enough or maybe you did something wrong. It's just kind of this big void. And you're kind of forced to fill in the blanks because they provide no explanation. You don't know what caused the person to feel like the friendship wasn't working out, to feel like uh, they no longer wanted to spend time with you anymore. And, and you're left to provide your own explanation, even though those whatever you come up with probably isn't correct. And so there's there's no closure, there's no explanation, and you're just left with a big why, wondering. And that that's not an easy thing to deal with. Now, uh, these, these articles kind of present uh, two major ways to deal with being ghosted. The first of which is to just move on. They caution you to be prepared for some of the pain to hang around for a while because of that lack of closure. It, it's going to be a little difficult to move on. Now, moving on is difficult for that reason. You do have the lingering question and the feelings of um, confusion. Since you don't know what went wrong, it's hard for you to kind of fill that gap. But eventually, with time, hopefully the wound will heal. And they, they remind you that 
Other, the other person was unwilling or incapable of communicating with you, not the other way around. They didn't know what to say and how to say it in a way that was respectful and mature. So this isn't um, necessarily something that you are to blame for. This, this method of just moving on is often, it might be the best option to choose if the relationship was not very long-lasting, if you'd only been interacting with the person for a couple of weeks, or maybe just seen them a couple of times, it may be best to just move on. The other option presented, and I mean, the, I'm just naming two. I'm sure there are other ones, but these were the, the, the main two highlighted by these articles. The, the second one is to try confronting the person. They emphasize the fact that you should try not to come off as defensive or resentful. Uh, avoid being aggressive or passive aggressive and create a tone that says, this is a safe space level with me. I want to understand what went wrong. And if there's anything I can do to fix it, I want to make the effort because I enjoy this relationship that we have and I want to make it last. Uh, and this option might be the best when the relationship has been happening. It has been in existence for a long time. If you've invested a lot of time and energy into this friendship, it might be worth finding out what went wrong. The Bustle article goes through a number of different prompts, like situations when ghosting happens, and a bit of an analysis of what might have happened, what might have caused it. So the first situation is if the ghosting is abrupt. Uh, and they, in, in this situation, it could be good to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. Some of those legitimate reasons that we discussed before, like maybe actually not receiving the text or email, or maybe them just forgetting, or maybe there is something going on in their life that just shifted their attention. Maybe the reason is one of those options. The, the way to deal with that might be to show that you're invested in the friendship by reaching out to them and indirectly highlighting that the ghosting kind of seems out of character, saying something like, we've met. We've talked regularly for many months, and it's, it's a little weird that I haven't heard from you. Is everything okay? That sort of thing. Or acknowledging the possibility that it could just be an oversight on the other person. It's not them deliberately cutting you out of their life. Another reason why ghosting often happens would be if there was a fight. Maybe the other person just doesn't feel like communicating with you. The, the suggestion here from Bustle is that the, the person is kind but direct. They ask about the situation, ask for ways to address the issue, and kind of highlight the fact that they're, you're still invested in the relationship despite the conflict that seems to be dividing you. Emphasis, emphasis on an effort to make amends, that sort of thing. And the third situation when ghosting often happens would be if there is a, or I guess a third situation surrounding ghosting would be that there is a slow fade. They just gradually stop responding to communications um, in the in the form of electronic ones that could just be one word replies or just long gaps between very brief instances of communication and they they, they talk about how in this instance uh, and this is a direct quote from the bustle article a way to address this might be to say something along the lines of hey i feel like we've been distant from one another do you think we could reconnect? I miss your presence in my life. Something along those lines that kind of acknowledges the the distance between you and say, hey, you know, I 
I enjoy your your company. Could we catch up? Maybe bring it into that gap in communication. The psychology today brings up another point that's also relevant. Um, If you do try to make amends and continue the relationship, but your attempts are not successful, there are a couple things that psychology today suggests that someone thinks about. Uh, They say, think about what was done by both of you up to the point where communication stopped. Is there some problem that you can take accountability for? And all throughout this, this reflection on what's happening, and all the while you're doing this reflection, don't put too much effort into something that the other person just simply isn't willing to pursue. Because in this instance, you, you might take priority here. If the ghoster happens to reach out to you after you had moved on, if they reach out again, be emotionally aware when that's happening and think about whether or not their efforts to reconnect are genuine or if they're just bored. You don't want to all of a sudden get your hopes up that this person wants to reconnect and become friends again, when in all actuality, the reason that they ended up ghosting you has still not gone away. And this is just them looking for someone to talk to when they're just going to end up ghosting you again in the future. That's something to be avoided. When it comes to healing from these situations, psychology today reminds us to that uh, <laughs> they they highlight the fact that no one can lower your sense of self-worth unless you allow it. So basically, it's okay to feel hurt, but just because the some just because someone else ghosts you doesn't make you a bad person. It's important to remember that. And as we mentioned at the beginning, ghosting often has more to do with the person ghosting and not the ghosted person. So this isn't something necessarily that's all on you. And it's important to remember that. Ghosting is, it's a, um, it's not a fun, (laughs) by any means, it's not a fun situation to be in. And I think most people probably have at some point been ghosted or even done the ghosting (laughs) if they, yeah, that also happens. Uh, But I think these are some good, good tips to keep in mind when dealing with this sort of situation. Why they ghosted, Uh, but ultimately... Uh, your boundaries are also important. So doing what's best for you, whether that be maintaining the relationship, uh, letting it go, and keeping in mind the other person, that that's, I, th- I think, the, the message to take away from this. Okay, now we've talked <laughs> a bit about the complicated situation that can be ghosting. What about the talking? <laughs> um, Bustle has an article about, well, actually a couple articles, about kind of the difficulty of talking to other people, especially in light of reopening countries and the, the newfound opportunity to mingle with other people in, in, in environments other than online. So th- there's an article published by Bustle that is kind of acknowledging how awkward people can be when now after over a year, uh, even sometimes longer, after this extended period of time of living in your, your home or your apartment, your own space with a very small group of people, now that some people are able to communicate with more, 
they feel like they can't, or they're extremely awkward in doing so. And this is, I think, if it already isn't widespread, it will become widespread because now we're going to be put in situations when we have to physically interact with people when we haven't really been doing that for a very long time. So being awkward is okay. <laughs> um, and I think it, yeah, other people are probably going to be awkward too. So a recommendation in this article is before physically reconnecting with these people, that maybe you haven't talked to in a while, try sending them a letter, an email, or a text saying, hey, what's up? And this sort of initiation of communication between people, it can kind of serve as an alert to the person. Uh, it's get them thinking about the, the, that relationship that they had a long time ago that kind of faded away in light of quarantine. Uh, it can get them thinking about what they want to share when it comes to conversation. Because a lot has happened in the last year. A lot of very difficult things. A lot of very difficult situations. Maybe people got sick. Maybe people passed away. It's A lot has happened over the course of 2020, 2021, and a lot will continue to happen. And talking about that, those, those things may not always be the most comfortable or easy situation, easy conversation to have. So a sort of um, initial communication can get someone thinking about what they feel comfortable sharing about, what they think they would like to talk about with the other person. Um, and there, there's another article that actually identifies a number of individual strategies when it comes to bumping into the person and having to make conversation. And we'll, we'll go through the strategies discussed in this article. The first one is kind of acknowledge your awkwardness because you may be wondering, what do I talk about? But chances are the other person is also a little bit clueless and a little bit scared and a little bit nervous about talking to you. So just acknowledging it, saying, <laughs> I haven't been around people in a very long time and I feel kind of awkward right now. Chances are they're going to feel the same and they'll laugh and say, me too. And there you go. You have a conversation starter. Strategy two, ask questions about their quarantine. Like, uh, what TV show did you watch? How many hours of Super Smash did you play? Did you start a new video game? Did you spend some time on Twitch? Did you did you listen to lots of new music that came out? The sort of questions about how they spent their time maybe during quarantine. And I'm sure you've got some stories. So once they reflect back at you an experience, you can throw one of yours back and you've got a conversation going. Starting with a compliment is usually a handy way to go. Talking about maybe an article of clothing that you find interesting. Sharing vaccination stories <laughs> might be a, a common discussion to have. Talking about which one maybe they got, or if they met anybody when they were doing it, how it felt whenever they got the shot. There, Maybe you've got a funny story to contribute to that. Uh, another one, finding things you have in common. I mean, that, that's a pretty general conversation, <laughs> seeing that they're, they're walking up with, with, a, with a Snickers, and you're like, ooh, I like Snickers. I guess you do too, right? And they're like, yes. And then you're like, great. You like candy. I like candy too. We have something in common. What other candy do you like? And yeah, another thank them for something. Maybe 
you communicated some online over quarantine and it meant a lot to you. Thank them for reaching out. Or maybe you'd arranged to meet. Thank them for meeting with you. That sort of thing. Asking for advice as usual is sometimes a handy way. Um, and the article here acknowledges that asking for advice and what, what that actually does is it demonstrates to the other person that you value their judgment and input. So not only do you maybe get some help, but it also might make them feel good about helping you. And this kind of, <laughs> this reminds me of something that I've read about in another book called The Ben Franklin Effect, where I, there's this like story of whatever Ben Franklin, he needed a, an extra vote or something. And he needed a vote from a specific person. And what he did for this person is, strangely enough, he asked them for a favor specifically to borrow a book. He's like, hey, I noticed, I, I recall you mentioning that you had this book and I'm really interested in it. Could you lend that to me for a little bit? And then the person who was willing to lend Ben Franklin the book did so. And then after the fact, you know, Ben Franklin returned the book and what he found was that the other person was willing to help Ben Franklin with other things. And a, a potential reason for that would be it kind of feels good to help other people. And when you put yourself in a position where other people are helping you because you need something from them, that could in turn make them feel good. Not only do you get something from them, but they get something from you. It's, it's kind of a, a strange effect, a strange idea that um, you requiring action from someone else could make them like you. A bit counterintuitive, but um, it has proven to be useful and to actually work. So, I don't know. <laughs> um, another strategy highlighted by the article would be to <laughs> share strategies about talking. Just ask them how they start conversations with other people. Like, I am really awkward, and I don't know what to say. How do you typically start conversations? And then they're like, well, I'm pretty awkward too. So I just ask them what their favorite color is. And then they answer back, and then we start talking about paint, because I like painting, and I have a favorite color that I like painting. And then they start talking about this, and then you share a strategy, like one of the ones I'm talking about here. And then you just start talking about how to start talking, which is rather... Uh, I believe the term is meta. <laughs> um, another strategy talking about post-COVID plans, any sort of trips or big plans that they have for once life goes back to normal or semi-normal, I guess. Another strategy would be to point out something around you, looking at your surroundings, talking about a pretty mural you see across the street, telling an anecdote of your own silliness, talking about a time when you, you walked into a pole because you weren't paying attention, or a glass door, or something. Another strategy might be do an activity together. Um, <laughs> it talks about how, it, well, this article mentions how it's interesting that people tend to have a certain level of attachment to IKEA furniture. And they attribute this extra level of attachment to the fact that people had to assemble the IKEA furniture themselves. And that sort of effort, 
on one's part makes them like the furniture that much more. There's a level of attachment there because you invested time and energy in constructing the object. It wasn't just there. And so that a time and energy creates a sense of connection and doing so with other people, maybe not assembling them, <laughs> but doing something with them can help. Well, for one, you can start talking about the task. Like if, uh, let's say, you have to put away some folding chairs and you offer, and there's someone else who's putting away some folding chairs and you offer to help them. Then you can talk about the folding chairs and you're like, wow, who would have thought to design a chair like this? And they're like, I know, it's so clever and convenient. You can just stack them vertically. Yeah. And they're like, man, well, I sure hope that they make these things lighter one day because can only carry like up to three at a time if you get much more than that it's just too much to haul around and they're just like yeah lighter ones might be uh, the way to go i wonder if they make them out of plastic you ever seen a plastic folding chair why no i have not most of the folding chairs that i've seen have been metal really that's the same as my experience although there was there were some chairs that i've seen that are kind of white and they've got like plastic backs and plastic seats but then there's the metal legs that hold them together oh yeah i have seen those i don't really recall if those are any lighter than the metal ones though they do have some metal in them you know i don't know it's been a while since i've held one of those chairs well i don't know i guess one day we'll have to compare we'll have to get a metal chair one that's both metal and plastic and weigh them to see which one's heavier yeah i guess that would be the way to decide and <laughs> they, they they fit nicely nice next to the uh the plastic tables which are used in almost every mobile event it seems yeah i know oh and there are multiple different designs of those tables there's ones with that are just big long and then the legs kind of fold in then there's the ones that where the legs fold in and then the table folds in half and then you can carry it and it's a lot more compact yes i've seen those i haven't really had to put away one of those yet though is it heavier than just the normal long ones yeah why do you care so much about the weight of these chairs? I don't know. We're just hauling these things back and forward. It sure would be nice if they weighed less. Yeah, I guess that's true. I just really never invested that much time and energy into thinking about how heavy they are or how light they should be. Yeah, me neither. I guess that was just my conversation starter. You know, I'm really awkward at starting conversations. <laughs> and I think you might see where this is going. And there you've just, you've just started a whole new friendship over chairs. And plastic tables. Interesting. Okay, we got a couple more strategies here. Another one. Ask them about what they're enjoying recently. They might say, oh yeah, I've been really enjoying plants. I've got this plant in my window by my sink. And it doesn't require much water. But I don't know the name of these plants. Do you? They don't require much water. Are you talking like uh, succulents? Oh yes, yes, yes. It's a succulent. Kind of like a cactus, but without the prickly things. Yeah, I've seen this. They've got them at stores where they're just usually pretty little and often planted in like rocks. Yeah, I got one of those sitting above my sink. It's pretty nice. I water it every once in a while and it still lives. It doesn't require much maintenance. Wow, that's neat. How many other plants do you have? Well, I have some tomatoes, but those require a lot of water, a lot of maintenance. Not as much as my succulents. I like the succulents better. Ah, but the tomato plant gives you fruit, right? Is a tomato a fruit? I don't know. It might be a vegetable. What do you think? Well, I mean, I, I started with fruit. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, then there you got a conversation about plants. 
and then it spiraled the tomatoes because tomatoes are plant. Next, offer to help. I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with um, sharing an activity. <laughs> if you're helping them, sharing an activity, kind of the same thing. You find, I mean, right immediately you have something to talk about, that activity that you're both doing. And finally, the final strategy presented. And the final strategy presented in the article would be to just go in prepared. Think of a couple things that you could talk about. Have the list, the mental list ready, and then ask about them. They could be talking about movies, talking about tables or chairs. <laughs> what video game you've enjoyed. How you saw this funny cat video or this funny video on the internet about someone walking down the street and randomly talking to someone else about tables and chairs. It was this weird video. You don't know where it happened. Or a podcast, your favorite podcast, which probably might be a podcast that you listen to quite often. So you might know the name of it and who the host is and what it's about. And you could mention that to the other person and then they could mention their favorite podcast. And then you have this giant conversation about podcasts. And then you find out one of them is actually a host of a podcast. You're like, wow, that's kind of neat. What's your podcast about? And then they just start talking about, well, it's this, you know, sometimes a mix of science stories, sometimes with personal stories. It's just this nice mix of, of information about lots of different things. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that's kind of neat. Well, there's this other podcast that I, that I listen to. And yeah, there you go. You have a conversation. So there are some strategies to start conversations after in in a in a in a world where you no longer you you can in a world when you can talk to other people on a regular basis without having to think too much about it or at least go through a lot of effort because it just happens naturally anyway i'm rambling here yep there's some strategies how to talk to people when you're awkward this week i'm looking forward to the release of the album from against the current called fever and the album Spiral from Darkside. And Darkside has this extremely interesting song called The Limit. And I've included that in earlier playlists because it's so interesting. I think it was, I was listening to a playlist of, um, I don't think it was alternative. It might have been, it was one with a lot of, I guess, alternative mixed with indie sounds. And this song called The Limit came on and it has interesting sounds in it like a marble rolling around and it's just it almost sounds glitchy it's just this bizarre song that was endearing in a way and i really liked it and that's how i discovered dark side and they're having an album come out so i'm i'm kind of excited about that and it's called spiral and there have been three singles out so far called the limit lawmaker and liberty bell and the album is a total of nine, nine songs. So new music coming from them. For my music picks, I've got a couple of songs on my list. First, Black Myself by Amethyst Kia, English Folk, Calvaire by Spilltab, French and English Alternative, Sleepy Hollow by Sue Lee, English Alternative, I Want You Around by Yugyum, featuring Davida, Korean R&B, Paranoia by Stephanie Poetry, English Alternative. How We Used To, also by Stephanie Poetry. It might just be poetry, I don't know. It's P-O-E-T-R-I, poetry, 
poetry, poetry. I don't know. That's English alternative as well. Bittersweet by Won Wu and Mingyu, featuring Lee Hai, Korean R&B. And that song was also in a playlist a couple weeks ago. It's just, it's a pretty good song. Uh, Ghost, Ghost by Justin Bieber, English pop. And that song definitely was one that hit me at the right time. It was so good. That one was on repeat for quite a while. And it's in my monthly playlist. And it made it into this one. I've listened to it a lot of times. Probably more than I should. <laughs> it, it, I really like that song. Easy by WJSN, the black Korean pop. Switch It Up by JB, featuring Sokodomo, Korean R&B. Inside by Juni, Korean alternative. Never Knew by Jimmy Brown, Korean R&B. And finally, another song by Jimmy Brown called Symphony. And that one is Korean alternative. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Spoon Rift. If you want to listen to the music that I talked about, you can check out my Spotify profile, The Spoon Rift Podcast, and find The Spoon Rift Season 2, Episode 24 playlist. For more episodes of The Spoon Rift, you can visit Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spinnaker Radio's home on the web, radio.unfspinnaker.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you would like to keep up to date on everything to do with the Spoondrift, you can follow me on Twitter at SpoondriftPod. That's at SpoondriftPod. Or on Instagram at SpoondriftPodcast. That's SpoondriftPodcast. And before we end it here, I think I'll clear up the question that was brought up earlier about the tomato. Is it a fruit or is it a vegetable? Well, there are two different ways to classify a tomato. One Classify it based on the plant that it is. The other option, classify it based off of how it's used in cooking. The first classification based on its plant, it is a fruit. According to Healthline, a fruit is formed from flowers, have seeds, and help with plant reproduction. And that's, as far as the plant goes, what a tomato is. Now, from a cooking perspective... That's more of what most people are familiar with and why there's the confusion. Tomatoes are typically served like during the meal as opposed to the dessert. Most people, when they hear fruit, they think sweet, um, often used in desserts, that sort of thing, and vegetables are more during the main meal. And that's why tomatoes are typically thought of as vegetables. So as far as cooking goes, they're considered vegetables, but from the plant perspective, which is probably the more concrete and direct way to view it, a tomato is a fruit. I hope to talk to you next week.